I have to understand what the human condition is. We have this challenge and we have to do it today. Where do you find anyone that works in entertainment? I'm Richard Gerhart. And I'm Elizabeth Gerhart. You've just heard some snippets from our show. Stay tuned for the rest. Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. I'm Richard Gearhart, founder of Gearhart Law, full service intellectual property law firm. And I'm Elizabeth Gearhart, not a lawyer, but I work at Gearhart Law doing the marketing and I have my own startup. Welcome to Passage to Profit, everyone, the show that's all about entrepreneurship, small businesses, and the intellectual property that helps them flourish. We have a very special guest, Dr. Gilda Carl, world renowned go to relationship strategist and it's always a pleasure to have her on, and I'm really looking forward to our interview with her. Then we have Sue Marshall with Net Zero. Sue is on a mission to eliminate food waste. This is so innovative, the way she's doing this. I can hardly wait to hear all about it. And after her, we have Jean-Cou Dar, known as Q, with TAP. And TAP is a mobile app where entertainment professionals connect. All good stuff. But before we get to our distinguished guests, it's time for IP in the news. What are we talking about today? I was shocked to find this article that said, and this article was on Music Business Worldwide. It's by Murray Stassen. TikTok actually owns a patent and now they're filing for a trademark. That would imply that TikTok is going to create its own music platform? Music streaming service. And what's interesting is that they have some twists and turns to it that other platforms don't have, but the patent was applied for in 2018 and granted in 2021. So even though you think, well, how could they get this with all these other platforms? Things were still different in 2018. I just think it's interesting that they actually get patents because you never think of these streaming services as having patents. Of course, they're going to get a trademark. And the trademark is TikTok music. Right. Well, I think it's kind of funny that TikTok would get a music streaming service. I guess it makes sense, but they should also have a dancing service, right? TikTok (laughs) should start a dancing club. And I guess dancing and music go together. So it does make a certain amount of sense, I guess. I guess it does. I just think that patents are important. And usually tech companies and companies like this ignore that, but TikTok didn't. Right. Well, if you're going to get into it and you're going to go up against Apple and Pandora and some of the other streaming services, I guess a little protection can go a long way or at least give them some help. So it's time for Richard's Roundtable now. Dr. Gilda, so good to see you here again. What is your thought about TikTok and streaming? I think it's wonderful that TikTok is getting into that. TikTok has gotten out there in quite a large way in recent times. For a long time, they were the... Don't tell anybody I'm using it site. And now they have just blossomed where people who are doing very traditional kinds of things are showing themselves on TikTok. So it is becoming more acceptable, it seems. I don't know. We hear about the negatives as well as the positives and uh, children shouldn't be on this and that. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what happens. But I think it's a wonderful thing that they're adding music to their whole spectrum of services. You make an interesting point, which is that as these streaming services become more popular, more companies start jumping on the bandwagon because they want to reach more people. And as a consequence, the platform sort of becomes more commercial and less raw because now you have people who are trying to make money out of it. You know, what you said is right. This is a natural next step. Kenya, what are your thoughts? I think it's it's brilliant. And for a few different reasons, TikTok has been the tool that a lot of artists, especially a lot of younger artists who are breaking into the music space have actually broken their records and it's gone viral on TikTok. So it makes a lot of sense that they would create the streaming platform because now they can use the viralness, for lack of better words, that it's created for artists to now become a competitor to Apple. Apple doesn't have that same capacity to break new music, right? It's almost like I think of TikTok as the digital audio version of what radio used to be when we used to break records back in the day. So I think it's smart that they've jumped into this space and are going to be competing with Apple. Great comment. And you're right. I mean, Apple has to rely on the more traditional venues to promote their music. And TikTok has a whole ready-made 
made audience for their stuff and a visual one too. So, wow, that is so amazing. Q, what are your thoughts? It's really fascinating. And to echo what Kenya mentioned, because they have a much more newer audience, I think that they're going to run into a lot of challenges with a lot of the established companies that already exist, such as how do you get content from Sony and Atlantic Records and all of those major brands now to jump onto the platform. And I think that's one of the things I've always loved about the entertainment industry. They're always looking for something new. So because TikTok, again, has all of the new talent and they have all of the new songs and people are trying to reach the younger audience, they are going to run into a lot of different challenges in trying to reach the older audience that already have pre-existing subscriptions, such as Spotify and Apple Music. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm tired of paying for another service or another mm-hmm. fee. But I think it's really smart because, again, they can monetize that. And I do foresee maybe as the talent start to grow and emerge, they start to also add additional subscriptions or they try to branch out and to get a service or to get their content on Spotify and Apple Music because, again, They want to be able to reach a larger audience. I also think TikTok has a long way to go before they try to dominate this space because we're also starting to see that a lot of artists are trying to get access to their rights and their Mm -hmm. residuals and they want to get that protected. And lastly, I think it's also very interesting that this is probably going to be the first Chinese major platform in the music industry that's Mm -hmm. combating with a lot of other countries such as the United States, where we again have Spotify and Apple Music. And I believe Tidal just was recently purchased by another company as well. So I'm interested to see where this goes, because as we all know, China is really big on censoring and they're really, really big on that. So it'd be interesting to see if they allow other stuff to get released out there in the world, but they won't allowed in their own country. So it's really interesting to see where this is going to go. It's a very smart move, obviously, but also very interesting to see how this ends up. I think you're right. And I think you made a huge point there that anybody that's going to start something new like this better figure out the revenue sharing piece of it because artists just aren't going to take it anymore where they give away their content for free. Sue? I actually love this. The reason is I've been asked recently to get on TikTok. Well, actually, People have come over the last year, get on TikTok. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. (laughs) And this is more of a science education piece, which I thought was confusing to me because the TikToks I've seen have been more silly. But in the science community, they believe that that's a good way to educate people on different science things like we do, boot up cycling. And then, of course, I believe that music is a great way to communicate your message. And I had an artist write a song and produce a song about food waste. And so I'm like, whoa, maybe there's a way that you can put music for educational purposes and messaging purposes to get something impactful like upcycling food to eliminate food waste out there to people and have it fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. That sounds like a great idea too. So I guess from the passage to profit side of things, thumbs up to TikTok. They're capturing that in-between audience. They're capturing the high school students. Right. And then moving into young adulthood. And that's where a lot of marketers want to catch people. So I think that's why they're doing so well. Well, whoever created TikTok knew what they were doing for so, sure. Anyway, on to Dr. Gilda. I'm so excited. Dr. Gilda Carl, PhD, power strategist and media coach serving clients worldwide. As a media personality, she was the host of Fox's Dr. Gilda TV show pilot, MTV's Love Doc, and TV shows on Trinity Broadcasting Network. She wrote the 30-second therapist column for the Today Show and the Ask Dr. Gilda column for Match. And she was the therapist in HBO's Emmy Award winner, Telling Nicholas. Dr. Gilda, what are you up to lately? And what is it that you want to talk about today? Last time I saw you, I had just completed my last book. It was my 18th book, Amplify Your Media Presence, Amplify Your Brand. Because if you are unable to project yourself online or in person, it doesn't matter. Your brand ain't going to sell. And I came up with that because during the pandemic, I was seeing all the suffering that was going on. Suddenly, mere employees who never had a desire to be on television, and I've been on air at least 20 years, people who never wanted to be on television suddenly found themselves behind a computer screen and pow, all of a sudden, they were stars. And even though they were in these 
little tiny boxes as we are here, postage stamp sized boxes, they still had to project themselves if they were going to sell whatever that was. And they had no idea because they had never been trained that you are selling yourself every single moment of your life. And if you're not selling right, then forget about it. And that's really what I wanted to talk to you about today. How to project yourself in a powerful way, three different ways. I'm also, by the way, working on my 19th book. And that's because I have seen some things out there in the world today that I'm not all that happy with. I really want to open up the can of worms and let people know what is going on. What is the first power strategy that you teach people? Number one, understand your background, draw from your background, and use your background to permeate everything you're doing in your current situation. Hmm. For example, Elizabeth, you have a PhD. I don't understand this. For all the years now that I know you, why are you not calling yourself Dr. Elizabeth, why are you not talking about your genius background so much more significant than mine is in your particular field? I don't get it. You have a wealth of information that you can take with you doing what you're phenomenally doing today, but never forgetting about what your background is. You may think, I just recently uh, met some uh, guy that I was talking to, and he said, well, I have a, a degree in biochemistry, never use that. I said, I bet you do. And we started talking about that. And he does. And he never classified that as such. Hmm. So what I'm saying is, first power move, understand your background, be very proud of that background and let people know how it integrates with what you're doing. So if I'm doing media coaching with one of my clients and he is an executive, a CEO of a major Fortune 500 company, this has happened, I will definitely tell him things that he will not find in a book. I will definitely let him know to be much more verbose about the things that make him passionate about whatever they are. I will definitely tell him to use those feelings. And you know, in corporate America that traditionally corporate people have been taught, oh no, 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 sit on your emotions, don't show emotions, don't show any of that. In reality, you sure as hell better show your emotion. Not get crazy, that's not what emotion is. Use that background to draw on mm. and don't ever be ashamed of it. I went through years of having shame that, oh, well, I was teaching there and now I'm in corporate America because I believed that, well, being a teacher is nothing in comparison to being in corporate America. And once I was in corporate America and I started getting more and more and more job offerings, I was turning them down because of my knowledge of my own empowerment. So please, everybody, we all started somewhere. And if not for those meager beginnings, we would not be the people we are today. So that's my number one power move. That was amazing, Dr. Gilda. But we have to take a commercial break. So we'll be back with more of uh, Dr. Gilda's wisdom right after this. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start Start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, life licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit GearHeartLaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. I love how Dr. Gilda is encouraging us to really know who we are and to put it out there in the right way. 
Kenya? In terms of like someone being strategic, like whether you're a business owner or it's a life application, what are some initial steps someone could put into play to come up with a good overall strategy, whether it be in business, whether it be in life, and how can they make that applicable and really map that out? Love what you do. Let people know what you do and ask for what you want and believe you deserve to get that. That's number one, number five, number 20, number 100. Ask for what you want and believe you deserve to get it. Because if you don't ask, what do you think? They're going to wait around and say, you know, you need this, you need that. You have to know in advance what you want so that you can ask for what you want. And most of us are saying, hmm, why are oh, I wonder why he did this. And I wonder why he did that as we're being interviewed by somebody for a potential job, for a potential position somewhere. No, don't wonder, ask and be courageous enough and curious enough to ask in a way that you will be answered positively. So believe in yourself, believe in what you are there to achieve and believe that you're going to get what you're going to get. Believe and you will achieve. If you believe it, you can see it. I went out with an NFL star and he said, I see every single move before I make it. I learned so much from him. He visualized every single move that he was going to make. So your strategy is to go into a meeting feeling confident, understand what you have to offer, but also you have done your homework about the other person with whom you're talking. And so you know what that person's needs are. You have to be there to fulfill that person's needs. Just because you want something, well, too bad. You have to be there to serve. We are all on this planet to serve. And so you hit that person with what you can do to serve the person knowing what that person's needs really are. That is huge because oftentimes when Richard hires a service provider, which we've had some experiences lately, I don't want to get into, he hires them to make his life simpler. Right. And that doesn't always happen. <laughs> <laughs> but that's really, I mean, if you're going to put yourself out there. As but doing I mean, isn't that just right? like a general rule of life? You really only want to surround yourself for the most part, to the extent you can with people who are going to make your life better. Maybe not simpler, but at least better. Well, take over the tasks you don't want to do or be happy around or whatever. Yeah. But Richard, just because you understand that doesn't mean that the person you're talking to understands that. Just because you understand you want to make your life simpler. And that usually means, okay, just do this and leave me alone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Okay. I hit the nail on the head. That's what I mean. It's not about us. It's about them. We have to know who they are, what their needs are, and how we can fulfill those pain points that they are having. If not for them having a pain point, why are they talking to us? So acknowledge that pain point, acknowledge your background so you can fulfill that pain point, and then that person will hear you because we are a culture of horrendous listeners. Nobody would talk unless they figured, well, my turn is next. So I'll, I'll just listen to this person going on and on and on. And then I'll be able to get my points across. No, what we have to do, and there's a whole different program that I'm talking about here, about listening so that you can then respond that's very important. So my first PowerPoint was boost your background. Know who you are, know where you came from. My third PowerPoint, because you had asked about that, is ask for what you want and believe you deserve to get it. But in between that, I want to give you my EDM technique. When you are meeting with anybody, you have what I call an dialogue, eye contact with that person, dancing back and forth with your eyes, back and forth and back and forth, so that you connect on the windows of the soul level. And that might only last for two seconds. The D is then to do a dialogue with that person. 
and with anything but what you're there to discuss. How's the weather? How is the traffic getting here? Did you have trouble getting into the city? Did you have problems with this or this? Whatever. How are your kids today? Anything that is insignificant in terms of the goal that you're there to do. You know, this overselling stuff has gotten out of hand. How many people on LinkedIn? I, I, I've had just recently, a couple of my LinkedIn posts have gone viral, and we have millions and millions and millions of views on them. And now I'm hearing from people, hey, you know what, you ought to do this. And how would you like to buy that? And I can do this for you. And I could do it without even asking, what are your pain points? What are your needs? So this whole overselling has become overzealous and ridiculous. So if you have dancing eyes between you, that's number one. If you have a dialogue that talks about anything but what you think you have to talk about, that's perfect. And what you're doing is setting up the scene so that you can finally go into your monologue about what you do and who you are and what we have seen in the world today, especially as resources become tighter and tighter, is that we have people who start out with a monologue. Hello, my name is Dr. Gilda Garl, and I talk about power strategies, and I am a relationship expert, and I talk about this, and I talk about relationships for the bottom line and business. And by that time, the person's eyes have rolled over. <laughs> they're not going to listen. We only listen for short segments of time and nobody listens like this at, at the edges of their chairs nobody does that we need information i'm kind of on the edge of my chair right now so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm absorbing every word well, the whole technique involves edm dialogue then dialogue then monologue in that order instead of the usual hi my name is blah, 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 and this is what i can do for you and then the person says well why bother why bother i can't tell you how many times i've gotten off a stage and people will come up swarming me on the stage and say here's my card i'm a travel agent here's my card i do this here's my card and the question is why why should i buy from you what have you done to have made my life so much easier and simpler. What have you done? How have you proven that this is going to benefit me? Why should I buy from you other than somebody else? Know what you want and believe you deserve to get it. Kenya, if you had to wrap it all together in a bow, what would you say are some of the most important things that people need to do as a first initial step? You know, it all gets back to one of the first questions you ever asked me, Kenya. It's all about knowing what you want, knowing what you can do, and understanding how potent your skills are and how you can deliver that to the person you're communicating with according to that person's pain points. We all have pain points, but you have done your homework and you are going right in to that person and strategizing how it's best for you and that person to operate as a team so that you can achieve what the person has called you in to achieve if you are consulting with that person. That's really great advice. I hope there's a lot of people listening to this. I hope there are. <laughs> so we have to take a break, Dr. Gilda. I hope you'll stay with us. And we have Power Move coming up as well as our presenter. So we'll be back with more Passage to Profit right after this. Hi. I'm Lisa Askley's the Inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world, QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not? make it you. If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. 
What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Dr. Gilda Carl, fantastic advice, passionate, and as we were talking on the break, life-changing. So we really do appreciate having you here. Now it's time for Power Moves. So Kenya. So for Power Moves today, we're actually going to talk about one of my iHeartRadio colleagues, Angela Yee, who just announced last week that she is going to be leaving the breakfast club, but for some really big things that she's going to be doing in media, she's launching her own show called way up with ye. It's going to start this fall. And she already has it syndicated in several markets. And I'm really happy for her. I'm really happy for the breakfast club and excited to see what the next level of her media journey looks like. So she's our power move. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. What is going to be the format of her show? Do you know yet? So it's going to still be in the morning. It's going to start at 10 o'clock. So it's going to be, I don't want to say like a later version of the breakfast club. She has doesn't really disclose, you know, how it's going to be formatted. But if you're not up early six to 10 to catch the breakfast club, you can catch her from 10 to two on Monday through Friday. And if, you know, you're a late sleeper or you're at work and you miss morning drive, Angela will be there to get you through the rest of your day. So super excited for her. I'm sure it's going to be a lot of pop culture things. She'll have some guest interviews. She has her very successful podcast lip service. So maybe it'll be a little spin of some of that, but really excited for her. Many women in radio do not get that opportunity to go out and have their own show and be syndicated. So I'm excited that she is paving the way for us all and excited to hear her show once it launches this fall. I can hardly wait. And Elizabeth? Well, for those of you who don't know, Fireside Directory, which I'm probably going to have to change the name because of the trademark issue, is an online directory, video directory of small businesses. And like TikTok, I did apply for a patent application. Actually, TikTok bought theirs, but I applied for a patent application. I got a provisional application almost a year ago, which means I had a year to work on my project and on my application before it becomes, quote, the real one, the utility application, which will be examined by the patent office. And then they'll decide if my application can become a real patent or not. So I'm feverishly working on this and I'm using the attorneys at Your Heart Law. So the most important part of your patent is the claims. So I did the claim. I had another attorney at Gearheart Law go through and redo them. And then I had Richard do the final version because it's really important to get that piece right. And you really have to have somebody that knows what they're doing. And then at Gearheart Law, we have this software that you can put the patent application through and it checks for little things that the patent office hates and fixes them. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know how better to put it, um, but it, it checks. Well, for, I keep the patent office handy. Yeah, it checks for like if you called something different names in two different places or just all sorts of little mistakes that you can make. It checks for all that and lets you check it and fix them all. So you get a much better quality product that way. So that's my next step is to go through and do that. And then I have to rewrite some things. But anyway, enough about that. I have been really waiting anxiously to talk to our presenters today. Dr. Gilda, you were amazing. Anybody listening out there, if you missed what Dr. Gilda said, it will be on our podcast, wherever you find your podcasts. You really should listen to it. She has just had an amazing career and still has wonderful advice to give. 
But now it's time to move on to Sue Marshall with Net Zero. And I absolutely love what Sue is doing. She's trying to eliminate food waste. That's all I'm going to say. Welcome, Sue. Tell us all about it. Thank you, Elizabeth. I appreciate it. And thank you, Dr. Gilda. It gave me a nice base to start from because I do believe what she was saying about knowing your history and knowing why you are here and the reason you're here. And as an entrepreneur, that absolutely has to happen for success. So thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah. So Net Zero is a state-of-the-art upcycling food platform. And we are a B Corp, by the way. So there's a lot of impact here in addition to food waste. So that is part of my history. I love to make a difference. So that's great. The platform includes knowledge, of course, about food science, about food technology, about the food upcycling world and the industry. We'll get into that in a minute. It also does have really cool patent pending equipment and then connections to the market. So the people who will use these new upcycled food ingredients, which is very important because equipment alone will not solve things. Knowledge alone won't solve things. It is relationships, Dr. Gilda. So thank you for that. That is true. And upcycling food, a lot of people in the audience are like, what is upcycled food? Is that food waste? I don't understand what she's saying. Food waste, we consider in the industry of upcycled food an asset. So we don't want to say the word waste. It's actually considered a bad word. We want to see it's food assets that are typically diverted in the wrong areas. What we want to do is divert them back into human consumption and and pets, just higher values. Uh, So the platform itself does capture safely. It powers, love the word power, powers the safe capture and converts those industrial food byproducts. So it's not food waste. So I want to be very particular here. When you think food waste, you think the stuff on your plate goes into a dumpster. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about industrial byproducts from food and beverage manufacturing. The best thing to visualize is the beer you drink. When you drink the beer, the grain that was used is typically thrown or very underutilized. And that grain is actually power grain because they took the sugar out. So you have protein fiber and the flavors left. And so that should not be thrown away or undervalued. So that's one, almond milk, oat milk, all of these products have lots, tons and tons of byproducts. So what we do is we, that's a new sustainable upcycled nutrient-rich ingredient, then that is put in brand new products. And I know you had Mike from TBJ here on the show. He does the bacon that's not utilized in the factories and then makes his bacon jam. So that is an upcycled food product. He is a a company making products. So that's the visual here. So it's completely circular, goes from people who use the ingredient, but then throw some of it away. We now divert that back in and the technology we have in our platform makes all that happen. So that's what we do at Net Zero. Your Heart Law actually has a number of food clients. What do you do with small businesses? How do you help them? In the Upcycled Food Association, which is a thing, so you can Google that, Upcycled Food Association, we have over 200 members now, and most of them are smaller right now, but all the bigger companies are getting involved and sponsor some things too. So really what Net Zero came out doing with the technology, and I made a decision, and to Dr. Gilda's point, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. I didn't need to start Net Zero. I could have just called it a day. And I really wanted to look at other entrepreneurs, help them, and in food and agriculture. So I decided that the technology would go first to them. The team would go with them and say, okay, what kind of byproducts, what kind of things are you making? So right away, you can be sustainable and environmentally friendly. Let's face it, the big companies, they're standing by the wayside going, oh, maybe, maybe not. We have this challenge and we have to do it today. And so I knew that the path would be towards smaller companies first and get Mm -hmm. that momentum going. In the trade association, we all went that way too. We said, you know, let's look at what we can do together as smaller companies, entrepreneurs, and then let's build this thing together. So that's really how we did it. Now we have an industry when we started the trade association, eight founders of it in 2018. We were all small. We all get together and said, let's create a trade association. That's what you do when you have something, a new movement, like upcycled movement, you know, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, you know, COVID hit. But when COVID hit, it brought all these big companies It brought all these experts in law and and certification of food and science. And they came aboard and said, let's do this. Let's make an actual food certification. So today you can buy food in a grocery store. If you turn around back a pack and you see organic, non-GMO, fair trade, you'll now see a UP with a leaf. And that means that product contains upcycled ingredients. 
powered by net zero. That's what we do behind the scenes. So consumers can actually be involved and have a choice between a pancake mix that doesn't have upcycled grains from a brewery or pancake mix that does. And that's going forward in the future. We know consumers, we have the surveys, we know they want this, and they also will pay a little more money for it, which is all good to know. 2021, there was it's a $221 million market. It's going to double within 10 years. So it's a real thing. In my world, in our world at the Net Zero team, we also look at the accessibility part of it and the food justice part of it. I didn't go into this just saying, oh, let's make some cool stuff, high-end niche products. I really want to get 20 billion pounds of grain in this next couple years that goes to waste after we drink all our spirits and all our beers and get it back into the food supply chain to everyone, not just those who can pay for really cool niche products. So that's a whole nother element of our goal at Net Zero is how do we take this technology and the platform and make it accessible to smaller companies that are you know, on the path to, to grow, as well as engage the larger companies in the right way. So are most of your products then focused on grain? Well, you'll <laughs> like this, Richard, because this is all about the patent part of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> when we started fooling around in 2015, I came out of the university. I went back to school as a non-traditional student, i.e. old Okay. Um, that's okay. I took that. Um, I loved it. I love the venture side of the university. And I knew I would start something new, not to do with anything I had done in the past. And I, you know, claimed to them, I said, I'll come out with a new company. I just didn't want to commit right away up front what it was going to be. And I, you know, got all these students, young students tell me about all this, you know, environmental, sustainable, how my generation really screwed everything up. So I knew it. And then I ran across somebody who was doing a similar technology with infrared, which I was interested in, and using it on upcycling cow manure. Yes, poop. That's right. Upcycling poop? Like, yes. Really? Yes. And so There's I a started market for it somewhere, right? <laughs> there is. <laughs> um, so, Kenya, I actually have an idea for you. And what would the show be without an idea? So, I know education is probably a big piece to your puzzle. And you mentioned something earlier about doing something on TikTok. Have you ever thought about creating the ABCs of food waste almost in a audible jingle form using maybe the alphabet? Like the alphabet was a way we learned everything, right? And we, it yeah. sticks with us. So I, I think you, you could do mm -hmm. something really cool. And even if you maybe did it with kids, like that would be, I think, very impactful. That might be my TikTok thing. That's, That's what I was saying. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Finally say yes Brilliant. to TikTok. I've been gnawing on that since you spoke it earlier. I'm like, this could be something really cool and effective, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and younger people love this, Kenya. That's what I did not realize when I started. I have young people who literally after in college, out of college, beg me to come work for Net Zero. And they'll do it for free. I'm like, no, no, no. Don't tell your parents you're saying things like that. They pay for your <laughs> But they're so passionate about changing the world and helping the environment. And so this thing just clicks with them. And so I know that we could utilize something like that to get them even rallied more. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I know Dr. Gilda's got to have a comment. First of all, a compliment to Kenya because she always comes up with fabulous buzz ideas. I have a question about, are there health benefits for John Q. Public to pick this up? Yeah, I'm going to spend more money at the supermarket to purchase one of these products, but how is this going to affect or not affect? Yeah. Let's let's that's perfect, Dr. Gildan. I'll go back to Richard's questions on, you know, is it just grain? So when we first built our little version, we put on the lab table, right? We put all kinds of stuff in it just to see how it would react. And eggshells came in. And what we didn't realize at the time is that infrared heat acts differently on different colors. And when you have an eggshell, you have that sticky membrane, you know, when you hard boil an egg and that that membrane won't come off and it's frustrating. That's actually collagen protein. It mimics a human placenta, which makes sense because there's a baby chicken. <laughs> and we as, as human beings, we just get frustrated with this thing. But in reality, that with our technology, it just came flying off like rose petals. And that is when somebody in the lab said, go call the attorney. We have something. <laughs> what? What do we have? And then the balance is left is calcium because the hard part of the shell is calcium. 
So you really have two products. You have collagen protein and you have calcium. And until now, there's been a, not an easy way to separate those two. And then those two can be safely captured. So it's got to be safe for human consumption. And then it can be put into products. So we have products now, food products we eat that have calcium. That's not a new thing. That calcium is mined and typically from Asia. So we're fracking, we're mining, we're doing things we shouldn't to get this mineral. And it's not pure or natural because there's other stuff in it we actually shouldn't have. So that's not good calcium to have. And here we have tons of eggshells thrown a day. Every day, chickens don't stop laying eggs. They have to stop and it comes out. And so we looked at it and went, okay, we have something. So really the eggshells were first to understand that there was a value proposition with patent potential and trade secrets and all kinds of stuff around that. And then also we realized, wow, it does really well on anything. So when people call us, we have one week a month where we play in the lab. And that's all we do is test things people send to us. And I always ask people first before they send, you know, thousand pounds or something, what do you think is in it? What nutrients are in it? Because if there isn't anything nutritionally, it's not worth it at this time. That's my feeling because we have a lot of things out there that is nutrient rich that we want to get at first. When you put those things back into food, calcium, collagen, protein, protein is everything right mm -hmm. now. So let's first look at nutrients first. Well, that was excellent. Thank you, Sue. How can people find you, small businesses, if they want to take advantage of this? Sales at netzero.us. That is our website, netzero.us. So sales at netzero, netzero.us. Excellent. Thank you. So now we're on to our next presenter, Jean-Cou Dar. And I'm not sure I said that right, but everybody just calls him Q because that's so much easier. And he's the founder of TAP, a mobile app where entertainment professionals connect, network, and manage their entire entertainment career. So I'm not going to say anymore. I'm going to let you tell us all about it. Welcome, Jean-Q. Hey, thank you guys so much for having me. So TAP is connecting everyone in entertainment. So right now there is just this massive, huge problem of where do you find a screenwriter? Where do you find a director or producer? Where do you find an actor? Where do you find anyone that works in entertainment? You literally can't find it. And it just so happens that the entertainment industry is all about who you know. And then the next question becomes, how do you know they're legit? How do you know if they're available? How much do you pay them? So the entertainment industry, which happens to be the largest independent contractors network in the world. And it also happens to be the most influential network of people in the world. And they essentially don't have a place to call home. We all network on ancillary platforms like LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, all of these other outside platforms that's not specifically catered to the entertainment industry. We were like, we need to have a place where they can tap into each other, where they can connect find each other, network, communicate, exchange deals, and also find a place where they can pay each other as well. And so that's essentially TAP. Well, I'm reading the notes that we have on this. And what I like about TAP is you have an escrow payment. So you get to review everything before the funds are released to the person that you hired, because there's this trust factor there. You don't even know the person sometimes, right? Correct. And that stems all the way from the major motion picture studios, all the way down to the little guys. Most times what a lot of people don't see what's happening with the major motion picture studios is they end up running out of budget. And so there's this thing called an upfront guarantee where they cut a check to certain people that are a part of the production. And if the production goes over budget and there's no more money left, certain people don't get paid. And so with this escrow feature, what it says and what it does is at the moment you sign a contract, it's up to you, it's up to both parties to put into the contract whether or not you would like for the funds to be an escrow. So that way you can see that the money is there and then you can go do the gig, go perform, do what you have to do, and then the funds get released. Because this happens, again, from major celebrities all the way down to that keyboardist that's playing at a cafe from someone that they found either on Craigslist or whatnot. And they're asking for their pay and they're like, well, you know what? We didn't make any money in the venue this evening. So we're going to have to pay you with a couple of meal vouchers and we'll send you the money later. It also happens on major motion picture films, right? So you have art directors, set designers, VFX, editors, and whatnot. And they're anticipating a paycheck 
from the services that they rendered and they're just not getting it. And they end up chasing down production companies to get access to their funds. And so we have uh, certain features created on the platform that are designed to help entertainment professionals. And one of those things is called the deal message thread. And in the deal message thread, everything is organized and categorized according to production. So you'll always know what's going on in one production and what's going on in the next production. And so you can easily just tap into that thread and you'll always be aware the other beautiful thing is that, again, you might be working on several hundred productions a year, if even that, right? And so it becomes difficult of how do you track payment? How do you track your rights and your royalties, right? Without knowing that the conversation might not get deleted or the email might get manipulated or, or whatever the case might be. And what our software does is it's built utilizing blockchain technology where nothing can get deleted and everything is saved forever. And you can always track the whereabouts. And so the beautiful thing about TAP and being that it's built on blockchain technology, it is attached to people forever for the life cycle of your rights. And you can always find people in entertainment, track conversations, track pay. And the beautiful thing about what we've incorporated is an entire vetting system. So you can't create a fake profile on TAP. We have a biometric policy in place where the very first thing you do is you're scanning your face and your identity to confirm to say who you are. You are more than welcome to put in your screen name. And then the second thing that we do is that we vet production so that there will be no fake productions on the platform. Wow. Talk about hitting numerous pain points. How are people finding out about this? How are you getting the word out to the entertainment industry? So we've just recently launched our beta platform so that we're essentially testing out a lot of things. We have an FEAB, which is a film entertainment advisory board, which is essentially comprised of a lot of people in entertainment, veterans, and we're launching it on the ground floor. We're launching it doing a grassroots campaign. We have social media, but we're essentially making it a place where people make a referral because we're still testing out the efficiencies of the platform. And anyone's welcome to join in Los Angeles. They can go to tap.ec, T-A-P.ec. And that's where people can access the app and they can download the beta version of the platform. It's available on iOS and on Android devices. You simply create a new account. You go through the entire process and you can start setting up productions today. You can file a copyright application today. That's how people can find out about us. Fantastic. What a great platform. Passage to Profit, Road to Entrepreneurship with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart and our special guest today, Dr. Gilda Carl. And we will be right back with the wrap up after these messages. If you missed any of this, go look for our podcast. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearhart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. Common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit GearHeartLaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit. Really an amazing discussion from our presenters. We had Sue Marshall with NetZero, and then we had Q with his amazing tap platform that will revolutionize the entertainment industry. But now the question I have for everybody, and we're going to start with Dr. Gilda, what is a good habit? We always talk about our bad habits. What's a good habit that you have? A good habit is getting up early and getting to the computer and taking care of all my business, getting rid of the junk mail and going through the important messages that I have to address and then going out and working out and then coming back and doing what I have to do, whether it's shows or whatever it is. That's a good habit. 
A bad habit is staying in bed, not wanting to get up. <laughs> okay, excellent. So let's go on to Sue. Sue, what's a good habit that you have? I love to-do lists. Okay, so at the end of my business day, every day, I look at my to-do list for the next day. And then I realistically kind of reorganize because sometimes you can't fit all that in. And so I know that. So then I, I feel good about, okay, what can I do tomorrow? What can I put off the next day or next week? And then I look at my calendar too. Who am I meeting? And I feel that I sleep better if I just have that next day kind of planned. Well, that is a good That habit. is a really good habit. Congratulations. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Q. What's your good habit? A really good habit that I have is I meditate. The moment I get up, the moment my eyelids open, the original meditation that I do every single morning is by Joe Dispenza. He has a morning and an evening meditation. And most recently, I just started the Joe Silva technique. And the reason why meditation is important for me is because running a startup company is incredibly difficult. And we raise an incredible amount of money. We're attached with a lot of celebrities. So there's a lot of work to do. And so trying to get myself centered to make sure that I'm still relevant, that I'm still okay, and to also prioritize my lists for the day is to make sure that I'm grounded and to make sure that I'm centered. And then that gets me out of the bed and able to tackle and to challenge the day. Excellent. A lot of people do like meditation. Kenya, what's your good habit? Well, I'll sum it up quick. And it's more of a characteristic than a habit. And that's discipline. And I think that's something that I didn't always have like my whole entire life. And it was like a learned behavior and habit over time. But interestingly enough, I took a personality profile recently and I was high on the discipline chart in terms of just how I tackle things and tasks and so on and so forth. So I would say discipline. I should learn that from you. <laughs> I don't know if I'm qualified to teach it yet, but <laughs> so, I'm, get, I'm, I'm working there in that space. So excellent. So Richard. I would say my good habit is I try to make as many trips to the refrigerator every evening as I possibly can I, because I'm against food waste. And so as a consequence, I get up, I'm usually watching television. So I try to watch a lot of television and then I go and I snack a lot. And I think it puts me in the right frame of mind to fall asleep on the sofa. Well, my good habit. And I was trying to come up with the question this morning before the show. So every single morning, like almost every single morning, I get out of bed and the first thing I do is I walk. I do laps around the house, which is ridiculous, but so I can drink my tea while I'm walking. And, and we don't but, have any draperies or blinds on the first floor. So all the neighbors are saying, oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so I make sure I do an hour of walking every morning before anything else. And if I have an early meeting, I try to get up early and do it. And if I can't do it before the meeting, I finish it right after. So anyway, I think good, ha good habits are important to have. I don't know about you, Richard. Sometimes I just have to be difficult. Well, so. he did have a habit when he started the law firm. He would start it in the house. He would get up. He would get his coffee. We had an attic that had a door at the bottom. He would go and shut the door and go up in the attic and stay there and work I, all day. I worked hard. But actually, I'm definitely down with Sue in terms of planning. I think good planning is critical. So our guest today was Dr. Gilda Carl, world-renowned go-to relationship strategist, power strategist, and media coach with 18 books under her belt. And you can find her at www.drgildadrgilda.com. And then we had Sue Marshall with Net Zero on a mission to reduce or eliminate food waste around the world. And her website is netzro.us. And then we had Jean-Q Dar, known as Q, with tap.ec, T-A-P.ec. And tap is a mobile app where entertainment professionals connect. Anyway, I guess it's time for us to say goodbye. But before we do, Dr. Gilda, do you have any final words for our audience? Know what you love, love what you do, and let everybody know about it. That's great. So Excellent. we will return to this station next week with another episode of Passage to Profit. Before we go, I'd like to thank the Passage to Profit team, Noah Fleischman, our producer, Alicia Morrissey, our program director, and Mark Wilson, our syndication manager. 
Our podcast can be found tomorrow anywhere you find your podcast. Just look for the Passage to Profit show. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And remember, while the information provided in this program is believed to be correct, never take legal steps without checking with your legal professional. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again with another episode of Passage to Profit. Passage to Profit.